0: Anyway, I want to welcome those of you who are watching online as well. Uh, Hopefully we get the chance to meet in person someday, but I'm glad that you found this video. However you found it, hope you enjoy, experience God's presence, watch for this whole series that we're in, and I hope that you grow in your relationship with God. Uh, We are in the middle of a series uh, where we are looking at a letter found in the New Testament written by a man named Paul. And he addressed it to some believers in Rome. And so he didn't call the letter this, but we call it Romans. And because we're super creative around here, we also called the series Romans. So that's what we're doing. We're just taking a systematic approach through this letter found in the New Testament. And here's. Here's the thing, here's why we do a series like this, and here's why I believe it's so important for us to do a series like this. Whether you've been a Christian your whole life, whether you've been coming to this church for a long time, whether it's your first time here, and you're not sure about the whole God-Jesus church thing, maybe you're mad at God, no matter where we are in kind of the spiritual spectrum, a series like this is beneficial for all of us because Romans, this letter from Paul, is really about Christian doctrine. It's about Christian truth. It's about coming back to what Christianity is really all about. Because over the almost two millennia that this thing called Christianity has been around, there have been a lot of weird branches that have come off, okay? A lot of weird denominations, a lot of weird teachers, a lot of weird ideas, a lot of weird theology. And I think... As a as a culture, as a nation especially, we have a, a confusing view of what Christianity really is about our relationship with God and how to live in light of that and all these sorts of different things. And so Romans is such a beneficial letter for us to talk about not only on Sunday mornings but for each of us to read as well throughout the week so that we can get back to God's heart and God's intention for this thing that Jesus did and how we live in light of that. And so, That's the goal of Romans. Like I said, I hope that you've been reading along each week on your own. This is more than just something we do on Sundays. Uh, Today we're going to be covering chapter 12 and 13, so just write that down if you need to. If you've missed any of the previous ones, just read chapter 1 through 11. It's an easy read and you can catch right up. So, before we jump into the topic for today, I just want to tell you a, a story. It was my oldest daughter, Audrey. It was her birthday this past Monday. She turned 11 years old. I have no idea where time has gone. I cannot believe she's been around for more than a decade. It seems like just yesterday we were taking her home from the hospital. If you've been a parent, you know what that's like sort of thing. Um, She's growing up way faster than I could have imagined. She's as tall as my wife's chin. She's taller than most of her friends. She's mature in so many ways and like I just, I see time slipping away before my eyes, right? Like, no, (laughs) Where's my baby Audrey, you know, and, but she's 11 years old and you know she's she's not a little baby anymore. In fact, I was scrolling Facebook this past week and I saw this post come up that shows how many days you have left till your kid turns 18. Like, I didn't need that sort of bad news in my life. I have like 2500 days or something like that. 2500 days is all I have left before Audrey turns 18 to teach her to train her to help her develop a relationship with God of her own, to to learn values and morals and principles and like, oh my gosh, we could do a whole series on time is running out with our kids, but that's not not today. So anyway, it was her birthday on Monday and this was the first year that we, my wife and I, have not really thrown like a big party for her. All of her other birthdays, when I say my wife and I, I mean my wife. I took credit for doing absolutely nothing. So, but she would throw all these huge themed parties and decorations and cakes and invite people over. But she's 11 years old now and we're not doing that anymore. And so like, we wanted to make this birthday special even though it was going to be different. Now, If you've been here for a while or if you know me personally you know that i love chris stapleton right okay so chris stapleton's my guy he's my favorite musician of all time he has the best voice of any musician to ever live um in my head we're best friends okay i've never met him but in my head we are absolutely like just buds, man we are tight and so because i love chris stapleton so much obviously my family does as well i don't know if that's just by proxy or they actually do like him but they love chris stapleton and my oldest daughter, Audrey, especially loves him. We sing his songs in the car and listen to him at home and like she's just like, she's like a little mini-me when it comes to Chris Stapleton. And so I heard that he was coming in concert. He's going to be in concert in South Dakota. I don't want to go here in Minnesota because some other Garth guy or something's playing. they like, gross. So I want to go where Chris is the headliner. So in October, he's coming to South Dakota for a concert and my wife and I decided to buy Audrey tickets. And we bought them back in February or March whenever they went on sale and we've been keeping it a secret from her this whole time. In fact, we told her, oh yeah, we can't go to this one. Who knows what's going on with COVID, but someday we'll go to a concert. All the while, I think secretly lying to her. Maybe God's okay with that one. I don't know. But anyway, we kept it a secret from her and so her birthday rolls around on Monday and she gets all, you know, the gifts from other people and some small ones we bought her in the morning. But in the afternoon when I come home from work, I have the gift, right? Like, this is the one." And so we all gather around in the kitchen and it's all wrapped nicely. She opens up the present and first thing she sees is this Chris Stapleton t-shirt that I bought her online. It's really cool design, like she absolutely loves it, but then she starts feeling around and I had framed the actual concert ticket that we bought for her. It's her first concert she's going to ever go to, Chris Stapleton. I feel bad for starting her off at the top. Everything else is just going to be an utter failure from here on out. But anyway, she she notices she pulls the T-shirt back and she she starts to read it. And within about two seconds, the light bulb clicks, and she realizes she's going to a Chris Stapleton concert. and she has she has the reaction that all of us want to have anytime we give a gift. My wife captured a picture of this. Like, this is the definition of joy and excitement. She's wearing her T-shirt, the, the ticket had a countdown on it, 65 days, 7 hours, 20 minutes and 5 seconds from the time I printed She was so stinking giddy and excited. She she carefully set it down, she doesn't know they are electronic tickets so she thought this was real. So she carefully sets it down, she runs over and gives me like the biggest bear hug she possibly can. She does the same for my wife, Casey. All night she's talking about it, the next day she's talking about it, it's sitting up on our fireplace. like next to pictures of family members is this ticket to go to a, like, she is so stinking excited to go and I'm excited to go with her and, you know, maybe a little bit of selfish reasons we got her the ticket too, but we're not going to talk about that today. But here's the thing, here's the thing. I, we did not buy her this gift um, out of some sort of obligation. We did not buy her these concert tickets because we had to prove that we loved her um audrey did not give us some sort of ultimatum when she heard chris stapleton was coming to town like you know mom and dad you better buy me these tickets or i'll never hug you again no no, it it wasn't any of that we bought these tickets for her we spent the money for this for her to go to this concert and have this experience that hopefully she'll remember for a lifetime for one reason because it's just because we wanted to it's because we love her because she's special because it was just a way of showing our hearts. There there was no other reason to buy her the tickets, to spend the money, to get a hotel, to take the weekend, whatever, except she's just that special to us and we love her that much. And so this was a way of just showing that love and that appreciation for who she is. We did it just because. And this is not something that like, oh, look at me, I'm a great, no, 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 this is something that we all do, Right? In relationships with people or in different situations that we run into in life, we've all done things for somebody else just because, right? If you're married or if you've been dating someone for a long time, it usually doesn't start off this way, but if you've been together with someone for a few years, don't we do nice things for them just because, you know? We buy them a gift, we take them out on a date, we, we do some household chores. I know about once a year I buy my wife flowers Just because, not around Valentine's Day, they're way overpriced, but you know, in like middle of August or something. But why? Just because, I don't need to prove that I love her, I don't, you know, I don't need to like try and earn some, sometimes I need to earn some brownie points, but sometimes it's just because, it's just because I love her and I want to show, like my heart is moved to do a nice gesture like that for no other reason than just because. At work, some of us have probably experienced the same thing. Maybe you've got a coworker who helped you with a project or who was there to train you in the beginning, or maybe it's just been an ear that you can vent to about the boss and how bad they are. And like, when somebody helps us out like that, what's the natural response? Don't we want to help them back? Don't we want to lend a hand to get, like, that's just what we as human beings do. And it's not because we get a raise at work if we do. It's not in our job description. We don't get a bonus commission if we do but we just feel like I want to help. You've done this for me and because of that, I want to do this for you. Some of you that have joined the military joined for that reason. I know many people that join today join because. It's not not a requirement to be a citizen of the United States of America, but people today join the military because. Because they're moved on the inside. They love our freedoms. They love our values. They love our way of life. They love this country. And they are willing to alter their entire lifestyle Because. Because of that love. And this is something that is true for every single one of us. This is not just something for Christians or non-Christians. Every human being has done things just because. Because on the inside, it was what our heart was compelling us to do. And this response, this attitude, this way of looking at things is exactly where Paul starts. Romans chapter 12. Now, he didn't write chapters, okay? If you're not familiar with the Bible, Paul just wrote a letter. Later on, we added chapters and verse numbers. But after writing the first section of his letter, what we call chapters 1 through 11, Paul kind of spends that whole first time really hammering Jesus. Hammering Jesus. Hammering on Jesus, making a point of Jesus. I don't know, that sounded weird. He, he makes a big deal about being right with God, through Jesus. That it is not our actions, it's not our behaviors, it's not how sincere we are, it's not how hard we try, it's not if we're better than somebody else. We are completely, totally, 100% secure, right with God when we put our trust in Jesus. That Jesus makes us right with God. He, He gives us his righteousness. Period. End of story. And after covering that from all these different angles and all these different ways and talking about history and trying to talk to different people with religious backgrounds, and if you were here last week, our founding pastor, Kevin, talked about chapters 9 through 11 and kind of from a Jewish perspective. Okay, so after writing all of that about right with God, right with God, right with God, right with God, God, only through Jesus, no matter what, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Then, after that, he starts off chapter 12 like this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because, this is the key word right here, we cannot miss this word, because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This, when we do this, this is truly the way to worship him. And if we miss this word, if we skip by it, if we don't understand there is so much potential to get away from what Christianity really is. And unfortunately, I think a lot of times, as a, as a Christian culture, which we're not anymore, but pastors and churches, and t- we totally miss this word. This because word is the most important word in chapter 12. In fact, it's the most important word for the rest of Romans. Because of what God has done for you. Paul is writing to these people, chapters 1 through 11, are about what God did through Jesus and chapter 12 starts off, because of that, because of all God has done for you, live differently. Because God sent Jesus, consider this new way of life. Because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. In light of that, Paul says, I'm pleading with you, I'm begging you, I'm urging you, please, consider a new way of living, a different way of living because of what God has done for us. And I think any time that we read a verse like this, I think we ought to just pump the brakes and stop and ponder. Sometimes we read the Bible like it's some race to get through. Okay, I read chapter 12, boom, check, get out of the meeting. But what if we just stopped and slowed down a little bit and thought about this verse right here? In a different version, a different translation, the New International Version. The Romans chapter 12 starts off with therefore. And I remember hearing, you know, old pastors and teachers, leaders, conferences, whatever, they would always say this really cheesy saying, right? Anytime you read the word therefore, make sure and ask yourself what the therefore is therefore. And like, I don't even understand what that means. Okay, but but what if we stopped and just asked ourselves, what's the because therefore? What's the therefore? Therefore, when, when Paul references all that God has done for us, what does he mean? What he means is sending Jesus to pay the penalty for our sins. When was the last time that you and I stopped to ponder and think about the weight of our sin? Now, I know that's not popular. I know it's not comfortable to do. I know we generally like to think we're pretty good people. But when was the last time you and I stopped to ponder, ooh, I've sinned. Now I know that some of us have sinned more and some of us have sinned less and some of us have sinned differently. But from God's perspective, we're either, there's only two options. We're either perfect because we've never sinned or we're not perfect because we have sinned. And it, the fact is we've all sinned. It's the great equalizer for everybody. Every single one of us are a sinner. When's was the last time you thought about that? We've all lied, right? This would mean yes. If you're not shaking your head yes, welcome to the club. You're now a liar. Okay, so <laughs> it's good to have you. My name's Shaheen, I'm a liar. It's good to be here. <clears throat> we've all lied. And not, I mean, more than just little white lies or little accidents. We've all lied on purpose and we've hurt people in the process. We've lied in the past We're probably going to lie in the future. And yet God, knowing that about us, knowing how unperfect and undeserving we are, still chose to send Jesus to make us right with him. Why? Because? Because he loves us? Because he wants a relationship with us? Every single one of us have cut somebody else down, haven't we? We've cut them down with our words, We've cut them down with our eyes. We've cut them down with our actions. We've cut them down with the one-finger wave on I-35. We've all cut people down, right? When we have that anger or even that hatred in our hearts, you know what Jesus said that's the same as? It's the same as murder. We're all murderers. I know we don't like to admit that, but the reality is from God's perspective, we are all guilty murderers. We've, We've purposefully murdered people, hated people in our minds. And we've felt justified doing it, haven't we? I know I have. I'm not proud of it. I'm not trying to say it's a good thing, but I have, I have hated people with my eyes and with my words. These are people that we're talking about, created in the image of God, made in his likeness, the only thing in all creation that God actually breathed his spirit into, the most prized of all creation. And how do we treat God's most precious creation? With fingers. And hate in our eyes and hate from our hearts. What kind of person does that? And even more, what kind of God knowing that would still say, I still want to be with you and I will take on the weight to make that happen. Why? Because he loved us. Think about how little time we spend with God. Generally speaking, even if you're a Christian in America, how little time we actually enjoy and just spend time with our Heavenly Father. God is so holy, so perfect, so righteous. He is set apart. Our minds can't even conceive how majestic He is. And yet, how do most of us go about our days? Doing whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want, not giving God a second thought. I mean, maybe sometimes we'll ask Him for a favor like He's a magic genie. But we rarely ever thank Him for the good things in our life. And usually we blame him for the bad things in our life even though they're the result of our own dumb decisions, right? Like we put our hand in God's face and his number one desire is to be with us and we just say, I don't have time for that. Is there a sin worse than that? Can you think of something more arrogant than saying, God, I don't want to be with you. And yet we've all done it. We've all done it. We've all struggled with lust and greed, and idolatry, and pride. We've all had times in our lives where we've been without mercy, without patience, without compassion, not forgiving somebody. And yet God, because of his love for us, God still sent Jesus. You know what Jesus, he endured being arrested and tortured and spit on and punched and the beard pulled off his face. And whipped so many times that chunks of flesh came off. And he carried the beam that he would later hang on. And he hung there for people to see out in public, naked and bloodied and broken, probably covered in his own bodily fluids. Why? So you and I could be right with God. We don't deserve that kind of love. We don't deserve that kind of grace. We don't deserve to be forgiven our sins. And when Paul writes Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says, because of all he's done for you, that's what he's referencing. And if we skip by that, if we miss it, if we forget this because word, we are only going to find ourselves off of what real Christianity is all about. Because of what God did, because of what Jesus went through. Give your lives to God. Give your bodies to God. Not a command, not a requirement, When Paul writes here, he's not appealing to our heads. He's appealing to our hearts. This is a choice. This is a response. This is something we want to do because of all God has done for us. In fact, in the next verse, he says this, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Okay, that sounds like a command, but instead, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect because we've been connected in a relationship with God, because we can enjoy the freedom to know God and experience his presence. Because of that, let God transform. He's not talking about habit changes. He's talking about heart changes. Let God transform you on the inside. Let God change the way you think. Our values, our priorities, our focus, our perspective, why we do what we do, Paul is appealing, saying, please, 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 please. In light of all God has done, therefore, because of that, I'm pleading with you to live a different sort of way. And the rest of chapter 12 and even the majority of chapter 13 Paul just goes on to list some individual kind of specific one-liners. A lot of different do's and don'ts and behave this way and all sorts of things. But it's all coming from a because sort of standpoint. He talks about things like using our gifts to serve the body or to build up this thing called the church. He talks about being hospitable to one another. He talks about um, really loving people and not just pretending. He talks about not not taking revenge. He talks about um, showing empathy with people. If they're happy, be happy. If they're sad, weep with them. All these sorts of things. In chapter 13, he starts off with Americans' favorite subjects, submitting to government authorities. Don't skip that chapter this week. We're going to need to brush up in light of mask mandates and COVID coming back. So, but all of these things, here's here's the tendency that happens for all of us, myself included, if we don't watch this. The tendency is when we read through these things that Paul writes to think, yeah, this is just a do and don't checklist and commands and follow and all all these sorts of things like, okay, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. No, 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 wait. But what if we read these chapters from a different perspective? What if we read them with a different heart? that these are really more of, of things that we can use to evaluate ourselves. These are kind of like mirrors that we can use to gauge, where is my relationship with God? How much has he really changed my life? Are my motives any different today than they were before I knew God? And I think, I hope that you and I, that we would read chapter 12 and 13 this week, but I hope that as we do, we read it slow. And we be honest with ourselves and we take time to think about what Paul writes. Now we don't have time to go through all of them this morning. I just want to read a few and kind of walk us through what this might look like because being honest with ourselves is tough, okay? We, we can fool ourselves so easily. So in verse 9, Paul writes this, Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Okay, so we read that. Our tendency is going to be to skip right on to, chapter, to verse 10. But what if we paused here and just pondered, okay, God, this is what you say. Why though? If I'm really loving people, is it because I want to seem like a good person? Or is it God because you really loved me? God, if I if I if I think I love people, God search my heart. Is it because I want to seem like a good Christian and this is just must be what a good Christian does is love people? For God is my love for others motivated out of your incredible sacrificial love for me. Now, this is going to be tough. Like I said, honesty with ourselves is hard. But Paul is after the why, not the what. God is after the why, not the what. If our love for people is not motivated or birthed out of God's love for us, I don't really think it counts. People can look loving on the outside all the time, but it's God who transforms our hearts to be loving because he was loving for us. As we read these verses this week, we need to ask ourselves, okay, really love them. Why? Am I doing it because you love me, God? Another verse, a couple verses later, he says this, never pay back evil with more evil. Okay, let's stop. Let's go slow through these chapters. Let's ask ourselves some questions. Am I taking revenge or am I not taking revenge? Okay, if I am, there's an area right there to work on. If I'm not taking revenge, well, let's dig a little deeper. Am I not taking revenge because I'm working on my grandmaster plan in the background and like, just hasn't come to fruition yet, but don't worry, I'll get them? Are we not taking revenge because people are watching, maybe our coworkers, and we want to seem like we have the high moral ground? Are we not taking revenge because honestly, we're just tired and wore out? Maybe it's been back and forth and like, I just, I just give up. We can fool ourselves into thinking, okay, I must be doing what God wants. No, 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 no. Because why? Why are we not taking it? Because God, you didn't take revenge on me. I deserved it. I've been evil. You could have been that way back to me, but you didn't. And God, because of that, I want to reciprocate that to other people. In fact, every single sort of behavior instruction found in the Bible comes back to this. Not just the ones that we're going to read in chapters 12 and 13. Anytime you and I read a do this, don't do that, behave this way, whatever, it has to come because God, this is what you've done for me. This is your character. This is your heart. You have changed and transformed me on the inside. And I hope that as we read through these chapters this week, that God would work in our hearts to develop his character in us, But I want to take it even a step further. This is more than just you and I individually or the, the few relationships that we have. What about on a larger scale? Can, can what Paul writes in 12 and 13 and these do's and don'ts and act this way and live differently and give your bodies to God, can that be applicable for like a group of people? Like say, for example, a church, just off the top of my head. Yes, absolutely it can. And towards the end of chapter 13, Paul kind of wraps up this whole thought and applies it to all of us at large. He says this, This is all the more urgent, this new way of living. For you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, people. Our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Paul is saying all the way back to 12.1, give your bodies to God. Time is running out. This is urgent. This is important. Don't miss this. Don't sleep on this. Don't take your time with this. This is something we have to do. Why? You know what he's referencing here? He's referencing the mission that God has given Christians a mission to draw people into a growing relationship with him through Jesus Christ, to share the good news message about what Jesus did for us. And he says, hey, the way you live, time's running out, this is important. He goes on to say this just a couple verses later, because even in this mission thing, he still ties it back to the same thing. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkenedness of wild parties and drunkenness or sexual promiscuity and immoral living or quarreling and jealousy. Instead of that, clothe yourselves. Enjoy God's presence. Be filled with him. Clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's still because. Enjoy this new relationship with God. Experience him fully. And because of that, Live in a way that other people are going to take notice. Live in a way that other people are drawn to ask questions and drawn to God. He's saying, live in a way that will advance the mission. And why advance the mission? Because it's like what, what Dorothy sang in the Wizard of Oz. Because 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 of the wonderful things he does. Thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> because why should we care about the mission? Because that's God's heart. God's heart was so for us. God's number one desire when we were separated from him, was to rescue us and restore us into a relationship with him. It was his focus, it was his passion, it was his intention. It's why he sent Jesus. If you were the only person in the entire world to be separated from God, he still would have gone through everything because that's how much he loves you and cares about you. And knowing that, in light of that, those of us who have experienced the goodness of God in a relationship with him and have heaven to look forward to someday for all eternity, in light of that, shouldn't our heart be the same? Because we have to earn God's favor? No. We're already good with him. Because we have to purchase heaven? No, 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 no. That's already been secured. So God will answer one of our prayers? No, not at all. But because our hearts are moved by what God has done for us. And we want other people to experience what we've experienced. We want other people to be connected and made right with God just like we have. In fact, it's this reason. It's because that as a church, we're focusing on this from now through the end of September. Everyone invite one. If this is your first time here as a church, we have a focus for the next two months that every single one of us are going to invite somebody to church. To invite them to actually come here. If you live too far away, to drive here, or be here. Invite them to watch online with you at your house. Why? So that Access Church can be big? No, that's not the reason at all. Now that might be the result, who knows? But the heart behind it, the because, is because of what God has done for us. Because you and I, we have experienced a relationship with God and relationships with others and church and worship and growing in that and all those sorts of things. Why would we not want everybody to experience that same thing? Why wouldn't we display and be changed and transformed on the inside by God's heart that overflows in our heart as well? And so this is just one of the ways that we can do that. But it's a very focused and specific way that together we are taking every single one of us, me me. You, you online, every one of us, let's invite one person for the purpose of them being reconnected and made right with God through Jesus Christ. And just imagine, imagine what God could do through a group of people who lived differently because of what God had already done for them. Imagine the freedom that God would have to move in and through them and, and challenge and get, get us on the mission. Imagine how much more well-respected Christians would be in culture and how much less we would hear about hypocrisy and Christians are so judgmental if we actually lived different, not just pretended and then judged other people when they didn't follow through and good at pretending as we did, but what if we were actually transformed on the inside and lived differently and were so attractive to people. Imagine how many people could be reached if we would live our lives differently because of what God has done for us. And so as you read these two chapters this week, I hope that you do. I hope that you read them slow. I hope that you read them purposefully. If you find something in there that like, oh, that's, I'm not doing that one. You know what to do right there? Spend time with God. Enjoy his presence. Allow him to transform our hearts and our lives on the inside. And I would hope that as we read through Romans together this week, that God would have the opportunity to change and adjust and strengthen our because. Let me pray for us before we head out. Father, um, it's just one simple request today. God, we want you to move in our hearts. That's it. We want you to do your God thing in us. Father, help us this week, right now even, as we read Romans. Father, help us to remember and be mindful of the incredible sacrifice that you paid to be with us. Move it from just our heads to our hearts. May we experience your presence more this week than we ever have before. And Father, I pray that you would have the freedom and the opportunity to change us from the inside out, Father. May our lives reflect your goodness and your love to this world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.